It was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as well. It makes us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. I did. I, I had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, going. we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. Hey guys, welcome back to the Alfredo's podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works. But each week, we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. My name is Ben. And this week, Ben, we're in the middle of adapt. We're at the start of adaptation month. M- we're midpoint. Yeah. We're start, mid, mid. We're half mid. We're in somewhere between the start and the middle, and the finish, and the f- and the end of adaptation. And the end month. of everything. It, yeah, uh, somewhere honestly. in the middle of the end of this entire podcast. Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully. I hope this ends at some point so we can sleep for once. Uh, but look, this week, Ben, you know, uh, last week we talked about Ready Player One and it hurt my soul. Mm. This week I'm excited to talk about something which brings me more than a little bit of joy. Uh, because and this a, week- immense sadness. And you know what? It makes me hurt. It makes immense my heart bad. hurt. Yeah. But for a good reason. For, for, yeah. for the right reason, not the bad heart. Yeah. Heart hurt. Uh, because this week we are talking about season two of a series of unfortunate events. Hello, my name is Lemony Snicket, and once again I find myself in a dimly lit room talking to a complete stranger. The complete stranger is you, and the room belongs to Netflix, a company responsible for filming a series of unfortunate events. Under ordinary circumstances, this room would be buzzing with excitement and activity as directors, designers, stagehands, and indentured servants prepare for a dazzling season of top-notch entertainment. Which is books five through... Ten. Ten? Yeah, because the five books in this one. There's only four in season one, yeah. I believe. So, and they're going to run the last four in season three, I guess? I think so. And then potentially, spoilers, potentially do the other fucking... The other, the other, the other, the there's other like series? another series of books, isn't yes. there? Yes, yeah. there is. Like and fucking, I'm yeah. hoping they'll do those, because I'm excited. <laughs> I, my only, like, sort of... The only, ri- the, the only the thing I know about the books is that there's a fuck ton of them. Because last time we did this with... um Gabe. With Gabe... I was like, there's like four books, right? Nah, and you're like, no. Nah. <laughs> there's also like a whole another series by like about Lemon- Lemony Snicket yeah. written by someone else. And that was just like that. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I thought there were four. Yeah. I thought the film just did the first no, three. No, and no, there was no. like a fourth one on the side. There's a lot. No, there's like 12. One of the funniest things about this season is, I don't know why I've read the books and I love the books, but I went into this season, like, I don't know, expecting it to be a bit happier. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, oh, because I know that they're going to meet, you know, th- the other kids and they're gonna like have some friends finally but um if anything it just got worse i forgot how bad it gets yeah, yeah. if it if anything this this season took like took the sort of the ideas in the first season and just like where the first season sort of had like a resemblance of like sense and like i don't want to say pacing but like sense like, well, it like made you sense. could you could allocate meaning to certain yeah, things. Yeah, you could follow, it, yeah. you know, the while still ridiculous, you could still follow like the location changes and going, okay, this makes sense. I think it's because it, you had the guardians as your kind of anchor. Like they were going to a new guardian each time. Yeah. And I, I think it made sense to split the 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 seasons where they did because season this is very different. Yeah, yeah, season two sort of you start with guardians, but then after that, it's you don't it get any. Very quickly leaves the realm of guardians and more into the realm of just you're just kind of ending up, which in, is kind of refreshing. It's refreshing, but it's even more. It's uh, desolate, way, way worse, and depressing because they're just these kids on the run. Because even like the in the first um, in the first season, you had you very much had a sense of 
location and like I guess relevance of each of the locations that they ended up in. Mm-hmm. So like you know the the first instance where they're just with that's where they're just with Count Olaf and like they're yep. not that far from the city or even from but, their first home. Yeah, they're pretty much just sort of down the road. Yeah, because it, it's it's the closest, like literally the closest living living relative. Um, geographically not not blood relative which i find which i'm pretty sure that's one of the jokes is like physically closest also the bank are really bad at their job so it doesn't <laughs> yeah. surprise me um and then it moves to the snake room and then it moves to a fairly ridiculous location but still it moves into like locations that you could probably plot on a map and then moves to the lumber mill correct just and sort of up yeah and, down. and then it becomes but this one it's like you moved from okay you're in the school which is like okay but even then, the, the the few scenes you get of, like, the outside of the school, it's just, like, derelict buildings for miles. Mm. You're like, where is this? Right. And it's- And, like, you- When yeah. they move- And then when they move into the- They go to the town after that. The, the, oh, there's a lot of books. There's a lot one. of- to So, I can't remember. Um, but they- Like, when you get to the town, which is just in the middle of oh, the fucking nowhere. the Crow Town. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to the other town, which is in the- middle of nowhere yeah which then leads into the, the like you know the the hospital and all these other places which yeah. are just at that point you can't like you can't map there's no because it's just them running there's no consistency yeah. yeah and and there's there's an element of of i think in another because this is being because patrick warburton is lemony snicket in this retelling the story as it goes i'm i've brought up I, a cast list i'm gonna have to bring up uh, i just because anyway episode list yeah fuck it up um <laughs> Because Patrick Warburton is Lemony Snicket and he's narrating the story, they can skip a lot of the, like... you know, Like, if this was a normal story about, like, fugitives on the run from, like, a villain and, like, the police or whatever... Yeah. It would have an element of, the, like, the world trying to explain itself to you as you watch it. Like, you know, they would lead, they would flee one area and go to another. And they would feel like an obligation to, like... It took them this many days to do it, kind of thing, and they try and yeah. show you the time that it took. Whereas, because you got Patrick Warburton, uh, who's narrating the whole thing, it has this weird element of surrealism, where especially because he's in the scene sometimes, like that that added metafictive thing means that the the distance and the 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 weird isolation of the Baudelaire's is something they can convey in like spatially in the world. Yeah, like when he talks about them feeling lonely, like they're in a building that's surrounded by desert. And you're like, of course they would. Yeah. Or, or it's like they felt hopeless and it's like, yeah. And they're in a place that feels hopeless because the space is kind of controlled by the way the narrative is told. And whether or not the world actually exists like that, you know, it, it doesn't, you don't really think about it. You just accept that's the tone of the show you're watching. Well, I think the, the, the way that it's narrated by Lemony Snicket, I think you have to assume that the world is also kind of, at least to some degree, sort of like modified to sort of fit his the character his his sort of like styling of narration yeah which because there's a lot of motifs in this in a lot of the dialogue that carries over from episode to episode and and scene by scene and season by season or even like just like his his life like the the things you learn about him as you go as well yeah he's he's for one he is like very closely entwined with yeah with the story but also stuff like the the constant like definitions like mid-scene where like especially adult characters will sort of just define or the 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 term is like here this which in this case mean yeah Yeah. here this means blah um one of the interesting things about 
Sorry, no, you keep going. I was going to just- Yeah. Yeah. So, like, even characters who aren't Lemony Snicket, who are in the world, will sort of just do that to the kids. Mm-hmm. And even, like, Violet, whenever they whenever they meet someone new, Violet always introduces herself the same way. Or introduces them as a group. Mm-hmm. Literally, it's always the same. It's, I'm Violet Bolader. Bolader? Bo- Baudelaire. Baudelaire. <laughs> Baudelaire. <laughs> Baudelaire. I'm Violet Bolader. I thought it was, like, Violet Beauregard from, like, fucking Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> Violet Bo- Baudelaire. Baudelaire. And this is my- These are my siblings, Klaus and Sonny. Mm-hmm. Like, every time, every- like whenever they're like at the start of pretty much every book, she says that because at least they have once. to introduce them to the new yeah, people. and it's always the same way because it's always it's just Lemony Snicket explaining the right. story. Right, uh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose we talked, we touched on this a bit in the first season, uh, but something that I I was in awe of this season once again was how well they translated the book <laughs> as far as like like having Lemony Snicket as a presence in the story. It in the book he is so like present like when you read it it's his voice he's adding detail and it's only as the books goes on that you realize he's actually narrating it and that he he's part of the story right um but in the in the tv show they do such a good job of like conveying his his voice's imprint on the story even to the extent where like he yeah as you said he defines words a lot and that's because in this world librarians are like heroes yeah like and he like they're like they all they look up to librarians as these kind of like hero figures. Even like Jacques, you know, he 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 falls in love with that librarian um, to an extent where I think it speaks to Lemony Snicket where he's idolizing these kind of these people who talk about words and they're educated. And I think, and I, I don't want to spoil why, but I think they're going to tie it together nicely in season three, um, especially with some of the revelations. Did you finish the whole season? Yeah. So the revelation at the end that potentially um, Lemony Snicket's partner didn't die. When Olaf pushed her off, did you pick yeah, up on that? Yeah, that she flew away. She flew with the dragonfly costume or yeah, something. Something yeah, something like that. And the yeah, the implication that she was the previous yes, um, Miss Lulu. Correct. Yeah, and that you and she's the one that turns up to the town at the end. <laughs> she's the one that, that gets out of the cab. Yeah, yeah. She's the one that takes the sugar sh- thing. Yeah, the sugar bowl. Sugar bowl. Yeah. Correct. Which is such like the way that they did that in the TV shows way more like coherent than the book the books are good right. but because they're so insular like it's a whole book it's not like you know well how long are the episodes of this they're like 50 minutes right? they're 50 minutes each and there's two per book yeah so you're looking at like an hour and a half of or an hour a bit over an hour and a half of like concentration where you're like following this thing which is much different to a book where it's like maybe four hours yeah so it i, I think that you know even as you learn that like it was the sugar bowl that that was what set count Olaf off and you're like what is the fu- why is that important <laughs> And even that is a revelation they they handled so well. Like, I was just stunned by the way that they used the format to construct the narrative. And, like, when you watch something this well put together and this well, like, like, this well loved by the people making it, you can tell. Like, everyone there is having a blast. Like, Patrick Warburton is loving (laughs) being Lemony Snicket. Like, the kids are having a good time. Neil Patrick Harris is just... Oh my he's, god. I think he's very He is a star in this. I think I made a comment last season where I I preferred the cuz last time I I rewatched the film as well as the first season. Correct, yep. Um and I made a comment that I pre- I preferred the kids in the movie to the kids in the show. Mhm. I I'm going to retroactively take that back. I think everyone in this <laughs> film is fan as kind it, it's, they've kind of all come into their own and I don't and I think part of it might be either just they've kind of grown on me but I think I think some of the writing has improved 
where originally in the first season, the dialogue of the kids was very Lemony Snicket, where it was very kind of like just dry and like, or the writing is just a very, it's a certain way. Yeah, I know what you mean. And they would, del- in the first season, they they really delivered it kind of like trying to be funny, but it, like still trying to be serious. Yeah, it had it had an element of like trying to be really snappy when it didn't need to really be. Really being really quippy. Yeah. And, it, and this one, I think they just, they chilled out with the, and it, the kind of quippiness. Yeah. You and know, it, they actually had Klaus kind of be a kid. I, more. that, that's interesting you bring, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that isn't, that, maybe that's why like, I like. he has moments of just actual fear instead of kind of like comedic quippy fear. Yeah, he, he's an interesting, he's sort of, it's curious in this season because Klaus becomes the emotional center of the show, whereas Violet is still the leader and then Sonny is sort of the, <laughs> the, the, the deus ex machina type I, character. I, I do like their, um, their, their sort of explanation so in the in the books there isn't much time obviously because in the books between book what, four and five mm-hmm. it's just they go to school and then they're at school but yeah. in this there's you know there was like a whole year of filming and you know editing and stuff yeah. so they're they're quick sort of like patch over of the fact that Sonny is definitely older now <laughs> definitely <laughs> does not look like, yeah does not look like a baby anymore it's just she's not a baby anymore which and whenever a character sort of reference it like they run the joke at the start where it's just like we've been here for months and sunny's starting to look less like a baby more like a toddler because that's makes sense that's how kids up. go but even when a character would like you know obviously in the script it would have been written blah 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 let's go get the baby like they may have just put in you know a different character would just be like yeah more like a toddler right it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's, like- it's just it's just a nice like Acknowledge because, like, you can do that because it's it's a story that's being retold, and uh, and I think you can do that because that to me that was also sort of them kind of doing a lot of similar stuff to they did in the first season where they were very much like aware of the format of the show. So also, all, to Netflix like, to the point where it's hi- they are hyper aware of it. Yeah, and the fir- yeah, and the first season that was a bit on the nose, like you know they had Neil Patrick Harris reference netflix and then like look at the camera it, and it was like yeah we get it i much prefer this season where this one like, the season was a lot better where the this the subtlety of like the fourth wall breaks i guess made they were much more they pleasant. were a lot they were a lot more sort of they weren't cringy they there was were a, actually yeah. kind of entertaining there's a few quips about like someone going home and sitting and watching like a whole season of netflix by themselves and, and i think there's sad. i think uh um Neil Patrick Harris has like a bit of a rant about like how much he hates TV. Right. Yeah. And and I And it's, it's not just like, boy, isn't TV bad? Stare at the camera. No, it like it's, it's like a whole and it's, it's part like of his character. Olaf doesn't like TV. I yeah. will say, now that you brought it up, I did prefer him in this season. I thought him as like and I think it's because he gets more evil. Oh, absolutely. Like, in the first season, he's very he's very sinister and he's like comically sinister, but this one, like you can... he's ready to cut people's heads off. Well, and I, I love f- it. And I think part of it is like compare the lengths he went in the first season. They're all just so dumb. Like he's like, I'm just gonna try marrying her. It's like that's not gonna work. It's just like then I'm gonna be a sailor. It's like It's all ridiculous. And I'm gonna have a fake wooden leg. And it's like, really? What are you doing? It was like this one, his his costumes were all very just like he just kind of exists. Like, he's like, I'm the new P. And his solution was to, like, kill people to get there. Like, it was in the first season, it was like, I'm going to insert I'm new, myself. Yeah. Here, I'm going to kill people. Like, I'm going to replace. Roles. Which yeah. is. And, like, he's very scary. And also, just, like, by the end of it, when. And this is done really well, when you sort of have the simultaneous. It's like a simultaneous character. 
not realization, but like sort of, um, like you as the viewer will have a realization of just like, hang on, wait a minute, why is he doing this anymore? Mm-hmm. And it happens like right at the points where it's like, um, his sort of now girlfriend, the she has the really long name, sixth best banking whatever i'm looking for her name um, i will tell you when it's I like it. five words um when because she's rich like she doesn't need the money and she makes a comment where it's just like why are you like why are you still going after yeah, why the are you doing as i have a fortune you in your your base right and it's like, like his obsession yeah and it, at that point you you realize as the viewer that's just like oh he doesn't actually like he doesn't really want even though he says he's like i have two fortunes now it's just like is that really what it's, you're going over? And like, or is some... it just a pure, just you've chased them for this long, you may as well keep going. Her name is Esme. Esme, it? yeah. yeah. Um, Her I, full name is... Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I will say, like, there, there is an element... No, you're right. There is an element of, this, of his character in this season that he's hard to adapt because... Or he's hard to put into TV and film because he's a character that comes across really well by his, like, his impact on the world yeah and it's often really hard to show that if you're doing like tv because like he doesn't you know he's not he's not a big evil end of the world villain he's going after like literally two sets of kids that's his only goal yeah he he can't be this big end of the world villain because he's there he's always there yeah and if he's always there you just kind of get numb to it but they I think in the first season, he was always there, but it was always, like, comical. It was always just like, yeah. oh, silly Olaf. He's like, being a- How does no one what know a, who he what is? A goof. Like, every- Who, like, why can't people tell? It's right. him. And, like, they- You know, in this in this season, it's still a case of, like, fucking- Like, they still kind of run the thing where it's, like, no one can tell that it's him. But it's- It's not really a problem, partly because in this season- it's just so, like, they just go to the completely wild places where, like, no one even knows who he is. And also, everyone thinks he's dead, so no one's looking for And also, for yeah, him. everyone thinks he's dead. Which is, I think that's pretty, that was a cool way of handling that transition as well, because it does, I think at some point you would start to, like, have an element of disbelief where you're like, there's no way these people believe who he is. But the other thing, too, that I think is interesting is remembering, this is Snicket's retelling. So, potentially, he's portraying... Count Olaf's as disguises a, as, a, as more as foolish a, than they really were. Shittier. Yeah, yeah. So there's an element of that where I'm like, oh, maybe that's why. And well, it, it's you know, revealed that the disguise kit that Olaf is using is the same that the VFD have, which means you know it's effective. Yeah, and they, you know, that if the VFD use it, then well, because he's part of the VFD. Spoiler yeah. alert. Oh. Yeah, spoils. Um, the ta- tattoo is. Yeah, that I like that. I like that tattoo. I wouldn't say joke, but like it's, motif, it's where a like it actually line. becomes a problem. Yeah, the, it, the author like, put it in there. He wrote like the first three books and was like, "Fuck, I need an overarching need story." And the symbol the- existed on the, all the yeah. covers, so he was like, um, "That'll do." He's like, "I got to use this, yeah. I guess." Yeah. Um, I think so. One of my favorite characters in this is Jacqueline because she's a secretary who also is like running VFD, which is kind of fucking awesome. But <laughs> also, like, she's one of the few characters that has comical moments that you don't laugh at because then they're in the middle of like incredibly serious situations like she'll be under her desk on the phone and someone is like on the other end about to die and one of my favorite scenes of the whole tv show so far is when she's like she she she's on the phone with the guy who's in the fridge larry the waiter and she's like okay well i'll call someone and then she calls she's like snicket i need you and i was like wait what and i've I've read the books i know it's not patrick warburton's lemony snicket i know it's jock snicket but i'm like 
Well, even I was like, I was like, wait, what? I was like, wait, what? Is he going to be on the And then it turns out to be fucking Nathan Fillion. And I died of happiness. I was like, thank you, God. That's like, I was going to ask you, like. With a sexy moustache. He's so handsome. And his hair. I think Nathan Fillion in this is like, he he knew what he was about. He stole the show. <laughs> like, he knew why he was there. He was supposed and, like, to be sexy. And, like, whenever they gave him the moments to be a bit Nathan Fillion, he was just oh. like, I'm a Nathan Fillion. He was so cool. It's like, this. what's this, a cowboy scene? Oh, you I know, you this. know I'm going to Nathan lo- Fillion this up. Him and, him and, um, <laughs> him and Olivia Caliban, when they're just banging through, like, the desert. Yeah. Uh, they're like they're awesome but they're not my dream couple i think nathan fillion and jacqueline would be like my dream couple in this scenario right because i just think they could kill anyone together or like save anyone but yeah i love what i love that they didn't need to dress up as cowboys they just wanted to Hmm. like they could have just gone into the town but he's like no he's like no 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 (laughs) listen here listen here (laughs) we only get to do this once (laughs) i'm only in this for two books (laughs) look i get a little shot at this and then i'm dead so i'm I'm gonna make the most of it i thought he i thought everyone in this was fantastic as far as like the casting and the acting the only my only complaint is that the other kid the uh duncan quagmire Right. Had a few moments where he clearly like misread lines or like just didn't really deliver it properly and they just kind of cut around it. And I, I started to notice it as the show went on. It's not his fault, it's he's a he, kid. He was the he's he was they, just the they we- were the kids from the first season. <laughs> yeah, well I th- I think he was just the weakest link. Like it was only obvious because the other kid actors were so good, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I think normally like with kid actors, they're all bad, so you notice the good ones, but I think he was just not as competent. The other girl though, um, What's the other Quagmire girl's name? Uh, Isadora. Yeah. I thought she was great. Avi Lake. I don't know how you pronounce her name, but she was fantastic. Um, yeah, she was pretty good. Carmelita Spatz is one of my favorite interpretations of anything ever. So she, that, she's the girl that is in the pink dress and she tap dances oh everywhere. My God. She was incredibly annoying, oh and I thought God. they did that so well. Her, her like her song motif when Holy she like shit. When she, the the scene where she run where she like comes in at night and sniffs the cake, which by the way, it's just so fucking so up. fucking weird, <laughs> so fucked up. They they like the the song in the background has this like xylophone playing like the the and my name is Carmelita thing. It's incredible. Like, that's fucking. That's I was like I'm so annoyed that I recognize that. That like, like yeah, just it's in your brain in the now. same episode. Well, that yeah. and like the moment where she's talking to Larry and they do the Spice Girls. But not uh, when he's like, tell me, tell me what you want, what you really want. She's like, I'll tell you what I want, what really want. I died laughing. I was like, oh fuck, come on, guys. I think so in funny. terms of like that sort of stereotypical kind of like I don't know, psycho crazy scary. I think they kid. nailed it. That she absolutely fucking what a piece like, of shit. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Yeah, like someone just give her a good clipping around the ears. You know I what think, I mean? I think her as a character works really well because. They're able to kind of that book is important for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, because it's the first for this season, it's the first book, mm-hmm. um, and it acts as sort of a yeah the introduction to this season and just like shit's still fucked. Um, but also, you get Larry is fleshed out a lot more in that, and because he's actually quite important in this season. Pretty much all of the adults get a lot more sort of like actual. I guess revealing in character development. I don't even know if it's re- the- if if it's revealing as much as it's just like. Well, in the first season, it was always like the like post credit or like post final scene, pre credit scenes. It would have like little bits of the you know the VFD kind of like just 
talking or relaying and like yeah. in the first season it was just like are these the parents like they might be the parents like it's not but yeah um it's and probably this, the parents of someone else it's probably the, it was the parents of the quagmires yeah yeah <clears throat> um but in this one it's it's very much they they're actually characters now they're not like yeah sneaky side plot which i think come i think that comes from the fact that this season I, it's what we talked about before with like the location thing the first season was setting up this world and these characters through that series of like guardians and this one is like okay now it's all bets are off yeah and that's when you go okay here are the characters even like getting to see i thought the 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 way that they did the vft headquarters and the 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 ball that was all incredibly well that done scene was really cool and the the way that you get to keep revisiting scenes with new context and new information is something that i really like about the execution of this show like those revelations they give you time to have them yourself yeah no one goes like like what vfd stands for volunteer fire department right and you have several opportunities That's, isn't that revealed kind of at the end of the first season kind of you know i had it in the back of my head the whole time i was like isn't it volunteer maybe i just kind of put it together because they put out well also gabe and i talked about it in our podcast so that was probably that's probably why um yeah i think you guys spoiled yeah soz you you don't really know what it means until this season anyway so yeah but like yeah you get to there's a several opportunities in this season where you get an opportunity to work it out because yeah they're always talking about fires because count olaf loves setting fires and it's like, why were they formed before that? And that's a, that's a mystery that I assume they'll address in season three. But there's an element of even when Olivia Caliban is like, you know, the, it's not they're not literal fires they're putting out. Yeah, it's I... it's fires in the world. And then the best part about it is Count Olaf to get revenge on them starts Literally setting houses on fire. fire. Yeah. That is so poetic and like, of course, because he's not a yeah. creative man. Like he's a good actor, but he can't think for like two two times worth of shit. <laughs> he's, he's like fire department. Start setting fires. It's it's so on point for that character. But I think you know if we're talking about one of the hardest things to do with adaptation is like, and we we spoke about this when we did our annihilation episode. Which by the way, thanks for fucking turning up, guys. That was a huge episode for us. Oh yeah, I don't know if I told you that but we got a yeah. lot of fucking hits saw, uh, on the iTunes. The, I saw some of the views. Yeah, we yeah. got some spikes on iTunes going <laughs> up the moon. I appreciate that, guys. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I I loved about our discussion about that is the adaptation of that was so well done that it's almost its own thing. Like it's yeah. the same idea as as those uh, Far North Reach books, whatever the series of books is called. But it's yeah. it's separate enough that it, it's got its own identity and i think this show has proved that if you get the right showrunners involved and you cast patrick warburton in the thing <laughs> you're gonna be fine you're gonna nail it yeah him and neil patrick harris neil patrick if they were in everything yeah. like are you kidding me also by the way patrick warburton should be in literally everything i've talked about this before I, but he is so he's a fantastic sensational he's he's Cus- he's kuzco yeah he's kuzco he is kuzco yeah. he's kuzco he's the guy for, he's yeah. joe from family guy He's in everything. Is he Joe from Family? Yeah, yeah, he is. Because he's he's so good, he and he has this good. vibe. He has this, and you know, like, and then you cast Nathan Fillion as his brother. What a perfect <laughs> pairing! Like, do you know what? I, like, like, yeah, you, it's spot that, on, it, and it's shockingly spot on because one of them is like the the kind of stern Patrick Warburton type, and the he's, other one is Nathan bit, Fillion. He's, he's got a bit one. of he's got a bit of meat on him. Like, yeah, he he's could, got, he could he's bust wide. through a wall. He looks like a wrestler. Yeah, and then you've got Nathan Fillion, who's just the. The, oh. the scrappy short definitely the younger brother so good i love yeah. that dynamic and oh I, i'm pretty sure he is the younger brother as well i think so yes yeah. i would love to see i would love and i don't know if they're gonna do it in season three i don't want to spoil <laughs> anything but i would love to see uh, all the wrong reasons as a show with them as those characters right i would if that was season four i would die i'd be like david what, what do you want to watch tonight 
just unfortunate events again, please. Yeah. Because there is something about the way they wrote those characters in this season that, like, because, and again, it's the promise of something you can't get. You can't get them in a scene together. Yeah. Because it doesn't exist. And it's that, that, and the whole show is that, right? The whole show is this promise of safety and it's this promise of feeling like you've achieved something it's the promise of coming home to people that love you and every time it's proposed you know uh, olivia caliban is in front of them and she loves them and she's this librarian you think oh my god she's going to adopt them and then something terrible happens (laughs) and it's just this constant longing for safety And, and when you look at the structure of the show and if you're talking about fucking themes and motifs as far as tv is concerned you could not get more focused than this season of tv of this season of this show because, like, you know, you watch a season of Suits or whatever, and it's, like, the motif is, like, f- finance bankers are bad. Or, like, <laughs> you should love each other, you should love people despite their flaws, whatever. This show is so, like, focused on this concept of, like, you just want to find somewhere safe. And if you have somewhere safe, that's the only thing that matters. And yeah. you should just try and, you should try and help each other, and you should try and, you know, enjoy whatever it is that you have in, in that space and time. And then it just keeps ripping it away from you, Ben. It just keeps, keeps taking it away. Just keeps going. Nah, Count Olaf. JK, and, gotcha, bitch. And all of the, all of the in the first season, all of the sort of uh, the big, I guess, points where you're like, oh no, things are going wrong. It's always sort of around. They always tie it to the the reveal of Count Olaf as like, or sort of the re- reveal of whoever he's pretending to be. Yes. like they'll kind of in the first season you'd get you know they'd move in with their new, um. Uh, uh, caretaker, fucking what? Guardian, Guardian, and you had like a moment there, didn't you? Yeah, I was yeah. like, it's 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 a G word, and that you'd, you'd have like <laughs> a solid like ten twenty minutes of like things just being fine. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd get the counter like right because you need to feel at home with the yeah. Guardian. But in this season, like, like you, they would rock up to an area and be like, this kind of sucks, and then like counter life would just be like, yeah, this does suck, doesn't it? Do you think? Do you think oh that's really do you think the reason that works in the season is because the taking the place of what you said in season 1 which is that safety element taking the place of that is this time you spend with the adults where you feel hopeful they're going to help them do you think that cuz they they I think have that, that role yeah cuz in this in this instead of like uh a um a guardian being assigned and then that being ripped away quite quickly right you have it's, the VFD. it's more of you have yeah you have the you have sort of the the new location and then the obvious because at this point it it has to happen like you have sort of the they get the count or left thing out of the way they're you like yeah he's immediately. here you know yeah. him and his troop they're gonna be here here they are or like here's how they he finds them again because and all of this they're not really running away they're kind of just like running in the same direction that he's yeah. kind of going anywhere <laughs> That's, and they end up or getting into his boot and or, like yeah or like because they because he has the the quagmires yeah so they they're kind of chasing each other. So like it's inevitable that they're going to be together, right? Yeah. So it's, it's they are ch- that's re- yeah they are chasing each other. Yeah. Huh. And so instead of it being like oh no it's kind of laugh it's yeah it's that thing where it's just like it kind of builds more tension because you have this yeah you usually have like that one adult who is like maybe, maybe they're, they're going to be the one and oh, like they keep- sort of characterize it. And so instead of it being like this slow gradual and then sort of midpoint. Or sort right. of that peak at bit in the middle where Olaf gets revealed. You're like, oh no, and then it kind of just slowly falls apart. And then like the climax, it's like you just get the you get the reveal out of the way. You're like, whatever, it's Count Olaf, and you're basically starting at the lowest point. 
Yeah. And you slowly build up uh, over the entire, like, two episodes. And they crush your heart. And then they crush you at the very end. It, like... Like, it just all happens right at uh, the end. That is... It is, like, the last five minutes, and you're like, yeah. fuck. Because the first season, because they had the same kind of setup of splitting each book in yeah. half, you... Yeah, the first episode would be, like... Or the first... Yeah, the, the first, first part, half yeah, it would of be, each book would be, like, oh, it's fine. It's It'd fine. be the happy one. And sometimes, at and the end, would you get... Like, they reveal that it's all off, and then everything would fall apart. And everything would fall apart, too. But huh. this one, it's like, both parts suck. Man, now that you put it like <laughs> that, like, it's the, super the, true. Usually, the middle of part two is just... Or the, the end of part one is usually just a sort of general cliffhanger. Or just... Or sometimes they kind of flip the script, and they sort of pull in, like, a... Like, an anti-climax. Like, a, a high point. Where it's just, like, a big reveal of something that on the surface is really good right and like you're like and you're like yeah. oh i need like this this is the big break like they discover where the quagmires are or yeah or like yeah. one of or someone from the vfd arrives or right and then it never ends the it way never you ends. Want. <laughs> i will say though i think there or, is yeah or like miss lulu is revealed as being uh olivia olivia yeah. Yeah. that was by the way that episode because i watched this all in a weekend like i, I just watched this pretty much yesterday and yeah. the day before yeah and because which sucks because i wish that i could like spend more time with it but i had to just like i had to watch I had to, it i had to cram it out yeah. yeah um but i will say something i love about that particular transition <laughs> right is you go from like a bunch of like the hospital is this horrific oh, fuck the, the hospital the is i think hospital. one of the darkest <laughs> like sequences in this show the fucking constant singing from the <sighs> other vfd it's just yeah oh god that's a tough painful. one to watch and then you go from that to the and then there is this when when it's revealed that it's olivia and again i've read the books but like i was this this speaks to like how well the show is made i was there like yeah. i wasn't thinking like well, Dave, what happens next in the book? I was with it. I was, like, present. Yeah. And when you find it out, I literally breathed a sigh of relief. I was like, oh, my God. Thank God. And then the episode ends, and I, my, my brain was like, dog, she I, dies soon. Nah, I, when she was revealed, I was like, oh, no. It's, it's a bit of both, <laughs> I had a right? feeling where I was, part of, Yeah, part of me was just like, <sighs> it's a weird thing where it's like, I'm glad that they're getting a bit of respite, like the characters, which is a weird kind of thing. It's to, weird, isn't it? It's weird to be like, oh, I'm glad the characters are going to be happy for like 10 minutes ben, until this inevitably goes wrong. They made you wrong. care so deeply. <laughs> like, that's this show makes you care so fucking much that you literally are like, hey, you five know minutes, gonna happen, a good night's like, sleep is good. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe this will be fine. Fuck, dude. The, how do you do. Hey, listen. Unfortunate events, producers, directors, screenwriters everyone involved fucking like pat yourselves on the back <laughs> have a bottle of champagne like you guys did the thing that no one can do you took a beloved franchise and you adapted it in a way that is both interesting it, yeah. different and like compelling yeah fucking roll in your grave harry potter you <laughs> fucking waste of space Gee, like could you imagine if someone came up to you and they're like listen this book it's like 12 or 13 books and then some like three or four other ones it's really complicated and it's a very sad story about a bunch of orphans having a bad time yeah and you went and it's and also every book is basically the same and you went it doesn't sound like good tv yeah. and then they they handed you this you'd be like what the fuck is happening yeah well it's weird how it's incredible. like even in the first season yeah like pretty much all of the all of the stories are very similar and pretty much every episode every two episode block so every book sort of has the same kind of just idea it's move into a new place bad things happen move into the next place like yep. that's the show but they managed to take that and just kind of like intertwine just enough 
kind of intrigue and actually have decent writing and mm. sort of really good casting with, you know, some of the choices they made. And it just like, it just meshes. It's just, it's beautiful. And it's like every episode is, even if like, like I had an, I had, I'd, I've, my, the break between the two days I watched this was like at the end of part one. So like, I was like next day starting with the part two. And even that was like still engaging. It wasn't like a thing where I was like, oh, what happened last time? What's going on? Like, why do I care? And it's like, even though that's the middle of the book, it doesn't feel like you're sort of starting a story halfway. Yes. Which, okay, yeah, actually, no, you're right. Yeah, because each episode is its own contained narrative. Yeah, even though it's, even though they're paired up in twos, they still manage to- and that's kind of why the in compared to the first season where like you really have to watch them in the pairs or else the first one's just a really happy story that ends on the cliffhanger and yeah the second part is just depressing no you're totally right <laughs> you're just like oh this one's just kind of sad it's weird you, you have to watch the first season in those film length blocks essentially it's incredible like, that in yeah those books but really this one point. you can really you can kind of just watch watch it whatever yeah. and it's in each of them are engaging on their own if if that's not a fucking achievement, I don't know what is. <laughs> it's like it's. You know what I mean? That's that's incredible. I think it's good because I think the f- the first season is like still good that it exists in the current format. I think it's excellent, but it like it it's still it's still incredible. But the second season is better somehow. Second second season is, is season is better. Which if that's how you're gonna run a TV show, then keep going. Like if you're gonna, and I say, feel like yeah, the the format they've gone with the second season probably wouldn't work for the first. No, I think they really, which is so smart. Looked at what they had and went, we can't just do the same thing with five books now. People won't yeah. want to watch that. And that's even clear from like the presence of the VFD and the flashbacks to like that yeah. button. Uh, there's just a lot ticket. more of it. Yeah, there's more. Like they're they were able to set up the world and the characters in the first season and introduce the intrigue. Yeah. Second season is the exploration of that, and the third season will be the, the wrap-up of that. Yeah. And the reveal and the realizations and, and all of the revelations and stuff like that. I liked the, uh, the, the sort of reveal of a third season, just the setup of the belly of the beast. Right? Yeah. And at first you're like, you're like, what? Like he's we're gonna count the number of times the spelly of the beast gets said. That one doesn't count. And it's that one like, doesn't count. And you're like, what? You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then yeah. it's like one, and you're like, maybe it's gonna get up to like, maybe they're gonna say it a lot, mm-hmm. and it'll be like a big thing. And then it's like it happens just, it's just three of them, and you're like, oh three, as in season three, because yeah, also- I was I thought I was like, and that's not even. They didn't do that and then go like <laughs> a series of unfortunate <laughs> we'll events return. will return. <laughs> they were- also, maybe the number three is important in the story. Yeah. Um, maybe VFD has three letters. Um, but there's a lot. Or there's- maybe there's a third. <laughs> there's also a, third a lot season. of things. Maybe yeah. there's a lot of things happening with number three. Well, that I mean, I, I mean you've kind of spoiled that for me. Front. But um, <laughs> what? Because as a as a as an audience member, they they. They don't go, oh, yeah, they don't say season three. They just give you the number. Yeah. And apparently it has more meaning. I don't know. I haven't read the books. Don't know, man. But you know, let's find out. That would Next- be more interesting because that would, that would go back to what we talked about in season one where yeah. there's like things for the returning. Oh, the, if you watch, and if you watch the- season one again, which I want to at some point when I have yeah. time, you will. There'll be so much more <laughs> so- that you're cognizant of. There are so yeah. many things worked in there. Um but yeah, even like the tunnels, how did the tunnels come to be? That's something that I'm excited for them to try and yeah. tackle. Like all of that stuff I'm really excited about. But I just think, you know, to, to kind of wrap this all up in a nice little bow, like from what you've from what you've said, you know, and the stuff that we talked about, I think 
the reason that this TV show works so well and that, like, I was, we do this show every week and every now and then we're like, fuck, what do we do? And every now and then we're like, oh my God, I want to do this. I'm so excited. Yeah. Like, we have an episode coming up that I know that you're super jacked about. You're really jazzed about. It's, it's uh, a weird one, but. It's going to be weird, but very excited. And like, <laughs> that's like an exciting thing. And like, the minute that I realized this was coming out, I was like, dude, like, we absolutely. have to do it. Yeah. I'm so excited. And that. For something like I'm so invested in this TV show and I want it to be incredible. <laughs> and for them to deliver a season like this is sensational and it's rewarding. And I think that if you're looking for a fucking lesson in any kind of narrative, screenplay, filming, production, anything, this is the TV show you look at. Yeah. Especially if you're adapting books. I'm but very excited. For I'm very just excited for more. More. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Feed me more. I'm sad for it to end though. Do you think they'll run like the the Lemony Snicket story? I don't know, but I hope they do. I hope they. I hope that Netflix looks at it and goes, yeah, they've done pretty well. Let's give them, throw them some more money." I would love if they did that as a spinoff. I think do this, do this... give less money to shows like Bad Mouth and give more money to shows like this, please. Which one's Bad Mouth? It's the it's the one where the the grotesque animation that looks horrendous. It's, oh, uh, that's where puberty's Nick, a monster. Nick Roll. Yeah, Nick yeah. Roll. I didn't like that. Yeah, much. It's horrendous. Yeah. It's really um, bad. Yeah. But speaking of very bad, do you have any recommendations for this? Week? I do. I'm going to look it up. Ben wrote them down. He said, look so, up and looked at his fucking iPad. So, <laughs> so you know, audio. Do you know the, um, the Jackbox games? Yeah. So like everyone knows like Quiplash. All those. And like ones. Fibbage. Those mm-hmm. are like the big ones. Jack, <laughs> Jackbox, Jack Party Box 4 has like the last game on the list and no one plays like the last games on the list everyone ignores those oh, there's one called bracketeering and it's, it's gonna get real deep in indie fucking fantastic what is it so you know in like quiplash and like fibbage and stuff you have to actually be like smart and or funny i'm both of those things so yes i do know that in in bracketeers you don't have to be either of those things the game is funny for you oh tight no, so like it. the the game just gives you a prompt and it's just like what is the best t- uh, seafood topping and you'll be like crab sauce i don't know so you write crab sauce and then it in in the first round it just it puts like two words against each other and you just vote on which one you think's the best and then mm-hmm. it goes to the final round it's like whatever it's like best seafood topping yeah the but the later rounds it, it was where the game is funny for you and you don't actually have to put any effort in at all mm-hmm. is where you'll get a prompt it'll be like what's the best seafood topping and you'll be like blah 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 and then it'll be like, all right, now we're going to change the prompt. And you're going to vote on the same words, but different prompts. So it'll be like, what's your favorite seafood topping uh, to like, what's the what's the best uh, replacement for lube? That's incredible. And then you just vote on that. That's an incredible idea for a game. And <laughs> what the? That's in, that's amazing. And then in the third round, it changes like multiple, like every round. No, no, no. That sounds so, incredible. So at first you're like, oh, this is the funniest answer. And then suddenly the prompt changes and suddenly this thing is hilarious. Dude, that's hype. I love and that. The idea. game's just funny for you. you because you just answered honestly, just like, what is the best topping for seafood? Yeah. Hey, you, are you and guys having a party funny. with unfunny friends? Play that. Oh game. yeah. If if you have the problem where like uh. you want to you want to play quip, you want to play like these jackpot games, but none of your friends are funny. Yeah. Play bracketeering. Bracketeering. It's brack. It's it's tough for Ben and I because we're both like we both <laughs> we have, have comedic humor, humor key, but like, and it's tough a lot of with other friends. A lot of our friends don't, and it's really hard because they think they're funny. Laura is very vocal about how she's not funny. And yeah, I, we I, we were playing bracketeering with a group, and, and it was good. Fun. It was good. It was good. Yeah, time. that's fair. Yeah. Um, I've been so I've <laughs> that's so, my recommendation. No, that's your recommendation. A mini game in a in a in a party game pack. Um, this week's been kind of a nightmare for me, but uh, I just because of a lack of sleep and, and all kinds of things going on. But uh, 
I started rewatching Puberty Blues, which is based off the books. Puberty Blues was a it was a Channel Ten Australian produced drama that went for two seasons, <laughs> and it is uh, is I, I think I vaguely remember it is it. one of the, I don't say this lightly, but it's one of the best dramas I've ever watched. It's like set in like a high school in like Cronulla or something. Like it's very Australian. That's, that's always that's always a very spicy place to set in. But it's set though, in the seventies. Oh, okay. So it's really interesting. So before the the riot, before that would knives before, and drugs. Before that that city got tarnished. Forever. Yeah, yeah. It's really really interesting, and I'm really enjoying it. And I wasn't expecting to, but I it's fantastic. I think I remember that one. It's full of a f- bunch of famous Australian yeah, actors that yeah, you'll yeah, look yeah. at and be like, "Were they in this?" Yeah. It's on iTunes. It's still expensive, but it's worth it. I I super like am having a good time. So highly recommend. Otherwise, on Netflix, I am rewatching Doctor Who for like the twenty fifth oh. time. So. Oh no! I'm up to Matt Smith. So wow, that was great. <laughs> well, I, well I, I I sit on the exercise bike and watch an right. episode a day. So you powered through like four seasons. <laughs> well, I've been rewatching it for like two months. Oh, okay. So it's yeah, not yeah. like yeah, but when I sit on the the spin bike, I, I'm, just I'm, I'm yet to finish. Uh, we're we're like season we're like season seven or eight. It where, gets really hard around. Yeah, there. I would kind of like dropped off. That's coming, and then go from there. I think we may just start up again when. Yeah, well, Jodie Whittaker's season is like a soft reboot. Apparently. Yeah, I might just oh. watch the final of. To be Capaldi, and don't then, don't. It's so <laughs> bad. Okay, like it. <laughs> I it, won't. The, I. It is beyond Welcome comprehension. Welcome to AFA. We're going to talk about like, like, I'm. This isn't a bit. It is. Do not watch it. It will ruin Doctor Who for you. All right, sure. I will avoid. But also, it. the new showrunner is going to be bad because he's done a bunch of bad stuff. So. It's fine. Uh, but look, listen, Ben. It's that time of the week. Where can people find us? Uh, Facebook. Uh, DCM Works. A social. YouTube. YouTube.com slash DCM Works. Twitter. Twitter. I wear it. <laughs> Twitter. We're Twitter. At. We're at Twitter. Hey, Twitter. We're on we're Twitter. At, we're Hi, at, Twitter. We're at at. We're at DCM. We're at um, DCM underscore works. works. Uh, uh, if you follow that, it's basically just it's just this, just the content. Like yeah. we just post content. We don't like tweet anything else. You can no. just follow us there if you want to get the content. Uh, Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash DCM works. And I'm excited to tell you, Ben, that we have our potentially final week of Ooh, our Road to Infinity War we podcast. Are, we this are week, getting there. Where each week we have watched, uh, basically. In the lead up to Infinity War, we watched every single Marvel film. And <laughs> Marvel I Cinematic Universe film. Fucking do not care about them anymore. Yeah. But last week was incredible. And I cried week, in both films. This week is gonna be And this week I'm gonna incredible. have a good time with and have a good giggle and a good laugh because we're talking about Thor Ragnarok. I we went so we went to see the new Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. which by the way is okay mm-hmm. uh and there was a trailer for infinity war to start which i'm disappointed because i was trying to avoid the trailers but i guess it's unavoidable mm-hmm. um and i am excited for infinity war now mm-hmm. i i have no i have no apologies i'm excited I'm excited for infinity war. i'm excited to see a bunch of tony stocks on screen because i think your theory i think your theory about hulk being in hulkbuster is 100 percent true yeah i 100 agree with i also you. think pepper Potts is in the suit that gets slammed into the ground by by uh, Thanos and she does. I didn't think I saw that, but I I agree with the Hulk uh, okay. one. Yeah, Just the way the Hulk Buster moves. It moves in a certain way. It moves in the Hulk way. It's That's got, all I'm saying. Got a Hulk boy. That's all I'm it. saying because yeah. uh, fucking what's his face doesn't have many film. Con- I think he's got one contract left. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Maybe they're just gonna. Yeah, who knows? But fire you, him into space. He's never seen again. If you want to hear more of this for like literally hours, <laughs> for literally hours. Like we did hours. this. <laughs> we're on like week eight this week. Yeah. 
uh, go to patreon.com slash DCMworks. If you subscribe for more than $3 a month, you get access to all of our previous podcasts. There is about 50 episodes worth of additional content. We're adding more stuff every week. There's stuff like part twos to AFAs. We've got a part two on Annihilation coming up we want to do, uh, which I'm fucking excited yeah, about. Yeah, I'm very excited. And get access to our Patreon-only audiobook interface, which is a spooky exploration into a world that is all kinds of fucked up and weird. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. I really enjoy it. We've got uh, part seven coming up soon. If I can ever finish editing that one, putting a lot of TLC into it because it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's some, keep there's some wild shit oh, in that some one. Stuff in that one. Yeah. Man. Uh, so you can check that out. And a uh, big thanks to all of our patrons who do support us. It helps us keep the show running, pays for the servers, all that stuff. A uh, big shout out to Yup Kumans, our top Patreon this month once again doing god's work we appreciate it and if you don't know we do a bunch of other stuff as well i make video essays i put out a video essay this week about assassin's creed origins i don't do much else ben is busy (laughs) but if you want to see that all the links are in the description uh you know come say hi on twitter uh the dcm works tag if you have stuff to add we we also follow hashtag afa pod but as always i'm at dcm i'm at literal citrus and we will see you guys next week it was probably a song that reminded me of it. Or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as It makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. Did I? That had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. 